Welcome. So glad to have you along. If you're new, I'm excited about this topic and so excited. Too bad we missed the opening because what I'm saying is I'm passionate about this idea of what we're going to look at today. Let's jump right into Philippians chapter 1, verse 1. I apologize for that mistake. Thanks for those of you who hung around for, I guess, two minutes of silence. Anyway, here we go. Philippians 1, verse 1 says this, Paul and Timothy, bond servants of Christ Jesus to all the saints who are in, in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and deacons. Yesterday, we talked about how over uh, uh, Christians, like Paul saw himself, Christian leader, as a bond servant of Jesus Christ. He wasn't boasting about his accolades. He was boasting about his servanthood to Jesus. He realized that to be a servant of Christ, the lowest in the kingdom of God, was a greater honor than to be the highest the world could offer. And so this is what he claimed to be a bond servant. But today we want to talk about this word that he was writing to the people who are the saints in Christ Jesus. What a word, saints. Wait a minute, you say, I thought all the saints were up in heaven. I thought the saints are people, you can't be a saint if you've died and gone to heaven and are canonized by the church. No, no, no. That's not what a saint is. A saint is someone who's been saved by Jesus Christ. And when you were saved, when you came to Jesus, when you were born again, you became, in the words of God, a saint. Now, this is so vitally important that you understand this. A.W. Tozer, I like what he says. He he says that a person's most important thoughts are what they think about God. I agree with that. But I might say the second most important thing you think about is how you view, view yourself, what you think about yourself. Do you see yourself the way God sees you? Or do you see yourself maybe the way others have seen you, others have talked about you? Many of us have grown up. With around a lot of negative self-talk, a lot of, uh, you know, parents maybe didn't believe in you, spoke down, criticized you, siblings criticized you, others criticized We've all been the victims of bullying. We've all been the victims of, 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 of where you fit in the pecking order. And we live in a world where people all around us are telling us, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't be this. And As Christians, we've come to realize we've fallen short of what God called us to be. We're sinners. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And we realize, well, that's me. I've fallen short of that. But then we come to Christ. And Jesus does something in us and that that we've got to believe he makes us a saint. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says that if we are in Christ, we are a new creature. The old's passed away. The new has come. We have become new people. And now that I encourage you that instead of thinking yourself as what you used to be, think of yourself as what you are now in Christ. That's how you become what God tells you you are and has made you to be. You, you, you believe by faith that you are the person God says you are, a saint, and if you believe that deep in your soul, it works itself out in the way you act. If you believe that deep in your soul you are a sinner, it'll work itself out in the way you act. 
And so deep in your soul, you must believe what God says about you. It doesn't matter how you feel. This is the walk of faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by feelings. You say, but Tom, I woke up today. I felt the same. Yeah, but God says you're different. You might say you woke up today and you, you already stumbled. Yeah, but God says you're a saint anyway. Now, you've got to know how to deal with that sin. Seek his, uh, seek his forgiveness. Thank Jesus he died for you. Tell him you're sorry. Of course, confess it. But understand that in Christ you are forgiven and cleansed and begin and get on to living as the person you are. Now, as you think of us being a saint, what the word means is to be holy and to be set apart for God. A sinner is someone who is not holy. A sinner is someone who is not set apart for God. They're living for themselves. They're following their own way. They are their own person. I was talking to a, a friend, a good Bible teacher at church on Sunday, and he said he, he defines sin. I said, how do you define this word sin? And he said, autonomy from God, independence from God. That's not you, is it? You're not living independent from God. You're a believer in Jesus. You're a follower of Jesus Christ. You've been reconciled to God. You have, you have come back under God's authority. I'm not saying you're perfect. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not saying that we consistently always do that, but this is what we have done. We're no longer autonomous. We are now believers and followers of Jesus Christ. We've left the domain of darkness. We're in the kingdom of God. This is our identity. And it's so important that you see this deep in your soul that you're different. You're not autonomous. You're holy. You're set apart for God. This is the way you live your life. Now, a lot of people are afraid to say this because they're afraid it sounds maybe, you know, arrogant, pharisaical. I'm, I'm perfect. I'm, I'm good now. I'm not, I'm not like you. I'm not a sinner anymore. We're afraid to come across as self-righteous, holier than thou. So questions, does claiming to be a saint make me sound holier than thou? This is a really important question because no one wants to sound like that. No one wants to sound spiritually proud. I mean, like a Pharisee. And so when I think of this, I, I don't compare myself. Am I holier than others? Although, let's face it, folks, if they're autonomous and living separate from God and they're living a life of sin and you have come back to God and are seeking to be uh, a follower of Christ, that's who you are. You are holier. You'd better be. If, you're, if your religion's worth anything, you would be holier. But this, but I don't, you know, people ask me, Tom, do you think you're better than us? I said, that's not the question. The question is, number one, are you saved? And the question number two, or the point number two is, I have no idea if I'm better than you. I'm sure I'm better than I used to be. I sure I'm better than I was before I was following Christ. I sure I'm a better person. I'm, a, I'm better at the core of who I am. I'm a better man. I'm a better husband. I'm a better, I'm a better father. I'm a better person than I was before I came to Jesus. I don't know if I'm better than you. That's, not, that's irrelevant. I, but, I'm, but God has made me a better person, absolutely. And I say that without any sense of pride or any sense of it was up to me. It was God, because that's the next question. Does claiming to be a saint make you sound self-righteous? Well, listen, 
we're not self-righteous. That's exactly what we rejected. That's why we came to Christ. We realized that we can't be righteous in and of ourselves, but we still want to be righteous. We now realize our righteousness as of Christ. We are not self-righteous. We are Christ-righteous. This is a difference. The person who's self-righteous is the one who says they don't need Jesus. The person who's self-righteous is the one who says they'll take their chances on Judgment Day. They think they're good enough. That's self-righteousness. We're not self-righteous. If you're a true Christian, you're not self-righteous, but you'd better be righteous. Our righteousness is from Jesus. That's why we're righteous. Don't don't pendulum swing or say the opposite of self-righteousness is to be unrighteous. No, the opposite of self-righteousness is to be Christ-righteous. Do you see how important these things are? And I think that, again, in a desire to say what's to be what right, to not be self-righteous or holier than thou or spiritually proud or a Pharisee, we can sometimes put ourselves down in ways that keep us from becoming who Christ wants us to be. Listen, you're his treasure. You're his trophy of his grace. You are you are his person. You're holy, set apart for him. You belong to him, and he wants to make you a shining light in a dark world. He wants you to be seen that that he has transformed your life, and he's made in a world where people are autonomous, living apart from God. He wants you to be the one who he created you to be. And to be that, you've got to understand who you are, and you've got to understand whose you are. Because simply to be holy means you understand, I am a saint because I belong to God. I've been set apart for God. I live for God. Now, quickly, a saint also has a mission. A saint realizes that we are in the world, but not of the world. Sometimes this idea of being holy means that we need to be separate and like living like a monk. That's the way to be holy is to just disassociate and be so separate from the world. I don't think that's the vision I get from the New Testament. No, there are times we come apart. There are times we spend extra time in prayer or seeking God. But as a holy one, as one set apart from God, you are in the world as a change agent. You don't have to come out and be separated from the world. You're in it, but you're not of it. You don't. You, we march to a different drummer. We've got a different value system. We go into the a, we go into a dark world to bring the light of Christ in all that we do, and to rescue others <clears throat> from this as well. Now, finally, you might say that's a good. This Tom, this is a really great message for my pastor. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is a really great message. I hope my pastor gets this and understands this. Well, no, I hope you do, because notice what he says here. He says, Paul and Timothy, to all the saints, this is addressed to everybody, including the overseers and and deacons. Overseers and and deacons were the two offices in the church. They were simply, uh, the overseers is a pastor, elder, overseer. It's all the same person. We see that in Acts chapter 20, verses 17 and 28. And again, in 1 Peter 5, verses 1 and 2, that this person, whether you call him an elder or an overseer or bishop is the other word there, or pastor, 
It's all the same person doing the work of pastoring or shepherding the church of God. His title would be an overseer. His work, or his title would be an elder. His work, he oversees the flock of God, and then he pastors them, guides and directs and protects them. It's all the same person. But my friend, listen, he's writing this idea of being a saint, this identity to everybody, including the leaders of the church, not only the leaders of the church, but including them because he's writing this to you. Wow. I hope you stuck with me. We had some, my mic wasn't on at the beginning. I hope you stuck with me because this is such a vital, vital, vital message. I am convinced that if you get this and what I'm saying today, if you, if you get it deep in your soul, it will make you a different person. Our Christian faith is not only something good when we get to heaven. It makes radical change in the way we live now, how we act now, how we think of ourselves, how we think of others, how we relate to others, how we, how we act when things don't go the way we want, trials, difficulties, circumstances are bad. This is the key. You and I, we're set apart for God. We are His. We, it's not only who we are, it's whose we are. We belong to Him. We're saints, holy ones for God. Amen? Let's pray about it. Father, oh, I want to thank you so much that you took sinners living independent of you, going our own way, doing our own thing, and you drew us to yourself. You enlightened us about who Jesus is. You you helped us. We believe, Lord, you gave us faith, and we believed in Jesus. We're born again, and now we're in the kingdom of God. And it's not only what we're in, it's now who we are. You've made us new. You've made us saints. You've made us a new creature. Thank you, the oldest passed away and the newest come. I want to thank you today that the old man is gone. It's, It's passed away. Don't let us resurrect him, Father. Don't let us keep thinking he's here to haunt us when you say he's gone. Help us to be free of him, not only in theological truth, but in practical experience. And I pray, Father, that every one of us, every one of us here, would rise above the challenges and circumstances and temptations and hardships and frustrations of life and realize I belong to God, and I'm a saint of the living God, and I have a mission to be in the world but not of the world. And I pray, Father, that we would be I pray we'd be holier than we used to be. I just pray we'd be holy, and I pray we'd be Christ-righteous, and we'd not be somehow feeling that that's tricked into feeling that that's pride. No, that is humility, and we give you all the credit and glory for the way you've changed our lives. Thank you. We bless you, and we love you. Help us to live this way this day, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Well, I I just love this. As I said earlier at the beginning, I'm passionate about this topic. I think it can change your life if you grasp what we've been talking about today. You might want to re-listen to it. Again, I I, uh, apologize for not being on the first couple minutes, but you might want to re-listen to it and let this uh, say, God, give me understanding, insight, and let this truth sink from my head deep into my soul so it affects the way I live my life. 
So glad to have you along. If you're new, a special welcome. I hope you'll subscribe to the channel, share with your friends, like the video on the way out. It helps our placing in the page so more people can see it. If you're here every day, I hope you're sharing this video with your friends and uh, um, and post it on your social media and help grow our community. God bless you. I love you. and so glad to see you tomorrow. See you today and I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.